Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. As the perpetual preview continues for this Major League Baseball season, I've started looking at prospects that might have value in dynasty leagues. That is, essentially, players who haven't really made it to the major leagues yet, but maybe a year, two years down the road, they're going to have a chance to be contributors. I use the one to two year timeline for keeper leagues because depending on how many minor leaguers you're allowed to keep, it can be a big ask to wait for four or five years for a player to not just reach the major leagues, but get into a place where they can make a positive contribution that matters to a fantasy owner. Fortunately, the world is blessed with many lists of top prospects. MLB.com, Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, and Keith Law for The Athletic, to name a few. And that's a good starting point for players that generally you probably haven't seen play yet. I touched on these principles in the last podcast, but a reminder of a few general strategies that I have related to picking prospects for fantasy baseball. First, I don't care about fielding, or at least I don't care about it any more than how it relates to whether a player will get playing time or not. One thing to keep in mind when going through prospect lists is that those projections are for players' overall value, and fantasy owners are generally not concerned with a player's defensive ability unless it affects the player's ability to play regularly in a major league lineup. When it comes to hitters, production obviously matters. I don't like the idea of investing in someone who hasn't shown that they can hit in the minors. There are enough hurdles to overcome on the way to making it as a fantasy-relevant position player in the majors, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to go after a bat that is a maybe. When it comes to non-fantasy stats that I look at, walk strikeout rate is a useful guide for hitters. I tend to worry about hitters that strike out too much in the minors because once they, if they're striking out too much against minor league pitching, I, ha- I worry about what could happen against major league pitching. Conversely, those hitters that walk more than they strike out and don't appear to be overmatched at their current level in the minors, I like their chances when they're moving up to the next level. As for pitchers, strikeout walk rate is certainly important. It can offer insight beyond ERA or WHIP. Just as hitters can show a mature approach with more walks, pitchers that are able to miss bats and generate strikeouts have more intriguing upside. Maybe the biggest challenge when it comes to investing in prospects for dynasty leagues is how they will produce when they are initially called up to the major leagues. When a prized hitter makes it to the bigs, they're often expected to play every day and may be thrust into a middle-of-the-order spot, depending on the specific expectations for that player. At the same time, a premier pitcher's workload will be watched very closely and will be dependent on his previous innings pitched in the minors, and teams tend not to send rookie pitchers out for 30-plus starts. Since 2000, there have been 49 seasons in which a rookie pitcher has started at least 30 games. It's about two and a half per season, and that includes half a dozen rookies that were older starters coming over from Asian leagues. Generally, it's difficult for a rookie pitcher to be an impact performer and that can make it more challenging to find value at the position. Unless you're in a dynasty league team, isn't contending. If you're not contending, you can afford to have a pitcher who doesn't uh, have the the big workload in that season because they build up their innings, and maybe the following year when your team's going to be better, they're going to be ready to pitch 150, 175 innings uh, and be a real impact player for you. So one more factor that I take into account is age relative to level of play. Obviously, younger is better. There's more upside, greater potential for the future, etc. If a 19-year-old does hit a roadblock at, say, double A, that's far less concerning than a 24-year-old who's still playing at double A. 
the younger player has more time to get their career path back on the right track, especially if these advance quickly enough to reach that level. And while saying I prefer younger prospects uh, as a general rule, my tendency is still towards players that are closer to the majors. Double A AA and triple A players are a phone call away. And if a player is coming out of full season A ball, maybe another strong season in the minors puts them in line to challenge for a spot the following season. Anything beyond that, though, it starts to test my patience. If you have the stomach to wait longer term, or if your minor league bench is big enough to make that easier, then kudos to you. This is all scouting by numbers, by the way, but that's part of the game when it comes to grabbing minor league talent for dynasty leagues. We just haven't seen these guys enough. The use of prospects also isn't limited to what they can do statistically for your team. They can also be valuable commodities as trade chips. The benefit of moving a highly touted prospect is that you get to shed any of the risk. You might not get the ultimate reward of having a homegrown player, which is typically less expensive for auction leagues that have a salary cap, but uncertainty reigns with prospects. Anyway, a reminder, you can tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball. And today, we will continue in the American League Central, and we'll start with the Minnesota Twins. And we'll start with the Twins with outfielder Alex Kirilov. Um, He's a monster at lower levels in 2018. The first round pick in 2016 played all of last season at AA. He still needs further development, and this season would have been an ideal one to set up a jump to the big leagues, but that arrival, like most things in baseball, may be delayed. Another prospect for the Twins is shortstop Royce Lewis, who was the first overall pick in 2017. And Lewis has the athleticism that might project him into the major leagues, but he's going to have to hit more if he's going to make a difference when he gets there. He had 12 home runs, 22 stolen bases, and hit 236 with a 661 OPS at high A and double A last season. He's young for that level, particularly at double A, but eventually the results have to improve if he's going to be an impact player in the majors. Twins outfield prospect Trevor Larnack was a first-round pick in 2018 and has made steady progress in his first two pro seasons getting into 43 games at AA last season. Overall, he hit 309 with an 842 OPS at two levels last season, so he has legitimate promise, though it's also fair to wonder if the 23-year-old is going to hit with enough power. One more from the Twins, right-handed pitcher Jordan Belazovic, a fifth-round pick out of Canadian high school in 2016. The 21-year-old was overpowering in two levels of A-ball last season, finishing with a 2.69 ERA, 0.98 whip, and 129 strikeouts in 93 and two-thirds innings. You know, he's a long way still from the majors, but those numbers are, are intriguing to see what can come, uh, I guess, in the 2020 season or, or even beyond, depending on, on when we start up again. So next up, we're going to Cleveland. Continuing with American League Central Dynasty uh, prospects, we're, we're going to go to Cleveland and look at third baseman Nolan Jones, second-round pick in 2016. Jones is a 21-year-old who reached double-A last season. He works the count. 45.6% of his plate appearances ended with either a walk or a strikeout, and he had a 409 on base percentage in his minor league career. So there's upside there, and, and you can see that that approach is going to play in the major leagues. Also with the Indians, shortstop Tyler Freeman, who's a second-round pick in 2017. He only hit three home runs last season, but he did connect for 32 doubles, so there could be some untapped power potential in the 20-year-old's bat, and he has hit 319 in the minors and can run a bit. He stole 19 bases on 24 attempts last season. All of this suggests 
that Freeman may have some upside as a prospect, but it isn't exactly screaming out for future fantasy value. Catcher Bo Naylor was a first-round pick in 2018 and played a full season in A-ball last year. He recorded 39 extra base hits while he was relatively young for that level. Nevertheless, the 20-year-old is still a few years away and he hit just 243 in A-ball. So who knows if his bat is going to play in the major leagues. Another Indians prospect to consider is right-handed pitcher Tristan McKenzie. Now he's also a risk because he missed all of last season. He was his first-round pick in 2015. Having missed all of last season... If the 2020 minor league season is very short or even non-existent, who knows how that extended layoff could affect him. But McKenzie was stellar in AA in 2018, so he had a lot of promise until he missed last season. The Chicago White Sox are a team on the rise and and have some prospects that will be of major interest, not least of all, center fielder Luis Robert. One of the top prospects in all of baseball, 22-year-old Robert climbed through three levels of the minors last season and hit 328 with 32 home runs and 36 stolen bases. That's exciting potential in a player who is set to start in center field for the White Sox. 2014 first-round pick Michael Kopech has been a top prospect for quite a while now, thanks to a fastball that gets up over 100 miles per hour. He has potential ace stuff, and while he was overpowering at times in the minors, Kopech also walked too many, so that earns at least a little note of caution at this point. Second baseman Nick Madrigal was the fourth overall pick in 2018. He doesn't have much power, but has hit 309 with 43 stolen bases in 163 minor league games. And he could start at second base for the White Sox when the 2020 season gets underway. First baseman Andrew Vaughn was drafted third overall in 2019. He has a patient approach at the plate and had, had an 832 OPS in 55 minor league games last summer after he was drafted. The 22-year-old Vaughn will need at least a year of seasoning, maybe more, but he does have some offensive potential that should appeal to fantasy owners. The Kansas City Royals are in the midst of a rebuild, and the major league results could be pretty ugly, but there is some hope on the way. Starting with left-handed pitcher Daniel Lynch. First-round pick in 2018, the 23-year-old Southpaw was solid, mostly in high A last season, finishing with a 2.99 ERA, though his 1.29 whip is a tad high. While Lynch did have a strikeout per inning, he can dial up his fastball into the high 90s, and his stuff reportedly projects better than his good but maybe not great results. These are the types of prospects that can scare me off, because Lynch is supposed to be even better than his production, and maybe he will be, but it's easier to project off of results. Shortstop Bobby Witt Jr. is a 19-year-old who was the second overall pick in 2019, and he's athletic. He can run and play defense. The question is how much he can hit, and if that's in question coupled with the possibility that it could take Witt at least a couple of years to reach the bigs, he's a player that I would likely let others go after in Dynasty Leagues. Right-handed pitchers Brady Singer and Jackson Coar both moved from high A to double A in the Royals organization last season, and their numbers look okay, like good enough to consider them interesting prospects, but maybe not enough to get excited about their fantasy chances for the 23-year-old duo. Finally, the Detroit Tigers are going to be undeniably awful this season. But that, but that should mean that the cycle starts to move in the right direction for the future. Here are some prospects that will be of interest for Dynasty League owners. Start with right-handed pitcher Casey Mize. The first overall pick in 2018, Mize hasn't disappointed. In 26 starts in the minors, more than half of which have occurred in AA, the 22-year-old has a 2.71 ERA and 0.97 whip 
with 120 strikeouts in 123 innings. He's close to being Major League ready and should be Detroit's staff ace sooner rather than later, for whatever that might be worth. Left-handed pitcher Tariq Skubal was a ninth-round pick in 2018 and has been lights out in a season and a half of minor league ball. In 145 innings, across multiple levels, Skubal owns a 2.11 ERA and 0.99 whip with 212 strikeouts. Those are the kinds of numbers that catch my attention. Right-handed pitcher Matt Manning was a first-round pick in 2016, and he really busted through last season. With a 2.56 ERA and 0.98 whip, with 10 strikeouts per 9 innings at AA. As you can see from these prospects, the Tigers can at least be optimistic about the future of their pitching staff. The fifth pick in the 2019 draft, Riley Green, an outfielder who showed some offensive ability as he moved up in short order uh, last season. But the 19-year-old is still several years away, and it might be tough to hold him or any prospect for as long as it might take to get Major League results out of Green. Anyway, that covers the American League Central. I'll be back in a couple of days with the Dynasty prospects in the American League West. Send me your questions. I'm at ByScottCullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore FantasyMLB on Twitter. And if you want to send an email, direct it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. Find us and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Have a great day. I'll be back in a couple of days with more prospects from the American League West. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your source for fantasy news and analysis.